Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change is here, and I'm in my studio kind of thing. It's coming together, and we got a great episode. We're hitting milestones all over the place on this podcast. Last week, we brought on a rapper, which we had never done before. Sada Baby was nuts, loved it. And now today, we got a huge announcement because our guest, Sky Clark, is making his college decision tomorrow, which is when you're going to hear this. And this episode overall is just, just, uh amazing tom what's going on nice shirt by the way really like that overtime shirt thank you bro i like your death row shirt too you're um i like how you're i like how you're forming a background um you're starting to get a little studio action i gotta start adding some art too uh i'm doing well (laughs) people are never gonna see this but like 30 seconds before this podcast start every time like jordan says something ridiculous to me and then i'm laughing during the intro so i apologize for anyone watching the video version of this I just want to get into this first to start off the pod before we get into real sports. Uh, you had photo day yesterday and I'm a big fan of college athletes on photo day. Uh, there's a certain type of athlete who posts on, uh, on, on that, on that day on their Instagram and stuff. And you were one of them. Uh, take me through like, what's college photo shoot day for you? This is what, not, your third one. Look, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's my third, third photo day. And I try, I've recently been like trying to find, the cliche trends of like college athletes and try to stay away from them. But doing the little like, uh, like selfie video mode and like just panning around the gym with your Jersey on for the first time, it's hard to resist. And I fell into the trap and I did it. Okay. So yeah, we had photo day yesterday. I put a little, you know, a little oil. I did a couple pushups, got a little pre. Wait, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Did someone may ask you to, or was that a you decision? That was a me decision. Sue me. I want to look good. Okay. No, I get it. I was asking. Wait, I have a question about the looking good thing. Um, last week you were t- <laughs> last week you were telling me about your haircut and yeah. how how perfect it was, but then you had photo day yesterday. Did you get another haircut in the span of five days? I did. I got a haircut. <laughs> but look, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for my teammate. So Emmett. Uh, Emmett Matthews texted me the night I before we had. I love him. He's so funny. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's great. But anyways, <laughs> his hair is like his staple. And he's got to have a clean, like, temp fade with his, like, curly, long hair. And he hit me up and he said, because there's this guy, shout out to my guy, Derek, who, who cuts me here in Morgantown. He doesn't even have a shop. Um, like, he just cuts, like, on the side or whatever. And Emmett texted me. He's like, yo, I need a cut. Uh, can Derek, uh, you know, swing through or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'll text him. And Derek's like, yeah, I can pull up. You want me to just pull up to your place? I said, yeah, that works. Emmett got in the chair. I was like, nah, I just got cut four days ago, D. I'm good, whatever. And then Emmett got out and I was like, ah, you may as well clean me back up. So yeah, we got it retouched. We got it retouched, right? Made a TikTok. It is what it is, you know? Oh, I haven't seen the TikTok yet. I did see the Instagram post. You ma- you making fun of the hair on your legs? Is that a thing that you do? Yeah, I have the hairiest legs probably known to mankind. Are you gonna wear leggings me- this year? No, why? It keeps my hair is my leggings. I, you wear what? Keeps- you wear like the quarter, the three quarter? Yeah, a little three quarter action. But now that was more to hide. Like in high school, I was real self conscious about my leg hair, so I would like try to hide it. Um, but now it's just more of a you just embrace it, like. I'm like a werewolf pretty much when it comes to leg hair. So Hugs always makes fun of me about it too. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, 
Any uh, any fun stories from there with a freshman being weird? Were they nervous? No, all of our friends. They- it, you you would think this is like the end of the world day for these for any freshman. I was the same way. Picture yeah. day, like you're trying to show everybody back home that you've been like actually consistently lifting weights, right? You got your earrings in and the chains. I don't know where people are getting Cuban links from, but all of a sudden all, all our teammates got Cuban links and they're wearing them in the pictures. I'm like, yo, I got two chains uh, from Pagoda, one from my uh, uh, my grandma, one from my aunt that I wear. Uh, but they're like 25 bucks a piece. So not a Cuban link, but we're getting there, you know? You know, I, think, I had two separate I people text me and say, no, go ahead. What did they say, Tom? They said, no, Jordan McCabe has tattoos. And I was like, yeah, you haven't watched the podcast every episode. Damn. I think Damn. they you could really Maybe they're just listening. Let's, Let's go benefit. Let's go benefit of the doubt that they're just uh, they're like an like an audio type person in the car, uh, yeah. you know, and they just don't watch it specifically. They're wa- everybody's listening at some point, you know. Everybody loves subject to change, right? Right. Hundred percent. Tom, you know this is uh, just a quick random thought before we actually start getting into some things here. You know what you do look like, and I think with the whole blank. <laughs> the blank background you look like you're like a hostage almost you know what i mean like this is a hostage video you give me those kind of vibes with the blank wall like nobody's supposed to know where you are it's real it's real weird sometimes you look really sad and i'm just like yo you know what i mean you get that you see that one i'm kind of going for that so like it's good to know that people like you feel that vibe coming through like sad boy tom i think is a thing i can get accustomed to but you guys gotta give me until january 1st i'm gonna move into my new apartment january 1st i will make this look a lot better than but i'm i'm stuck at home i'm in my sister's bedroom right now that's tough. not good <laughs> that's tough that's tough oh man anything crazy happened to you this week anything you want to yeah talk- okay so like i just briefly mentioned how I'm a sad kid and how I hate that I'm in this small bedroom. But you know what I hate more than that, Jordan? And this is this is all I want to talk to you about because I feel like you're either really going to understand it or you're just going to be dumb and not get it. I hate bikers. And I don't mean motorcycle people. I hate like the people that take their bike, like the one that you rode when you're like four years old and your parents thought you had to do that, um, doing it in the main road. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about like the city. Like I live in New York City usually and like People have to bike there. It's um, it's madness there. Do whatever you want. I don't care if you walk on your hands there. I don't care what you do. Unicycle it, whatever. But here in like, I'm kind of like a more woodsy suburban area right now. Biking on the main road where it's like thin, like really tight quarters when there is a million bike paths around here. I, I can't stand them. And then if you go near them, they, they, they get mad at you. Have you ever experienced this? I've experienced it. And there's a certain type of human that does it. And they, they have, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, uh, I truly believe in this maybe because I have it a little bit, but guys, guys that bike in the middle of the road and purposely like try to keep up with cars, they have this thing that's called little man syndrome, right? They're generally shorter guys. Okay. Like myself. And, uh, we just feel the need to like, just, constantly be proving shit that doesn't need to be proved like you're on a bike it's not motorized i'm in a car i'm gonna go faster and if we hit each other i'm gonna win just go on the sidewalk 
It's there for a reason. Then we even have a bike lane. The worst is when they don't go on the sidewalk. They don't go on the bike lane. They just literally want to be part of traffic. And then they do the stupid hand signals. Like I know what the hell's going on. How the hell would I and know what that means? And it's going to take them a minute and a half to take a left through this four-way intersection, like this big intersection that you want to pull up into the left turn lane. You don't have a blinker. Get the, I, Tom, for once in your entire life, completely agree with you. I but do. Like, I they do. expect me to like risk my life and potentially drive in the other lane and like hit another car. It's like, I'm, I'm way more likely to be down to hit a human than another car just for like my own safety. And I'm not selfish. I'm just like, I don't know. I like to think I'm worth something. And like me sticking around here is a good thing for everyone. Yeah, no doubt. Tom. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. so once this podcast blows up, I'm getting into the bike lawmaking business and people want to know who you voting for president, whoever fixes the bike laws. That's who I'm voting for president. <laughs> oh my God. That might be a write-in election or a vote. I'm pretty sure you're going to have to write somebody in for that. Somebody who's really big on bike policy. I don't know if I heard any of that in either debate, to be honest. Um, but let's get into uh, let's get into this. You heard about the Space Jam two, the plot line that just came out. Did you see that? A little bit. I just here's my thing. Space Jam one is my favorite movie ever. Like Michael Jordan, the whole thing. I grew up on that. For me, at overtime, if you remember the first when he when he goes to dunk in his driveway as a little kid and they start his mixtape of show like flashbacks. I, I think that's the first basketball mixtape ever made correctly. And then over time, you, like, I, I like the thing that it foreshadowed my whole entire life. So I've been trying to stay away from the space jam two stuff because I feel like it's not, it might not live up to it. And I don't want, I don't, I don't want to believe that that's possible. What, what do you think about it? My initial thoughts after kind of reading through the script, I just, I don't think it's going to be good. Do you think LeBron's a good actor? He's the greatest basketball player in the world right now. Hands down, bar none. But when it comes to acting, come on now. Like, you got to actually know what you're doing. Like, do you, are you going to be impressed? Do you think you're going to be impressed coming out of that movie saying, like, yeah, LeBron can actually act. Like, he's got a shot to do this even after he's done playing. So, it's different than the MJ thing. I think MJ, like, seriously probably made himself think that he was playing against the monsters and it was a real game and he wasn't acting like that was real mj being like come on bugs let's go um right. with lebron he's definitely acting he was good in train wreck that movie train wreck where it's like a, a, rom- a rom-com type thing he's in there yeah let me get did he have like a cameo for like four seconds or something like that yeah if i can't if i remember correctly he's like one, he's like cheap. Like he, his best friend is a doctor, and he makes him pay for stuff. And he like gives him girl advice. And LeBron did great there, and and he's amazing on the shop, which isn't acting. It's more like them talking. Right. I think he's gonna be good. Yeah, I mean he's good at everything. He's LeBron James. Just not good see- at late game free throws. Yikes! Did you see that? Uh, that Bronny's not playing his son. Yeah, yeah. I, this was a weird one for me. Like, so MJ's kids didn't play. MJ's kids in the first one, but like Bronny feels like the type of kid who would be awesome in a movie. Like he's probably a better actor than LeBron, if I had to guess. And to be honest, with Bronny and his image right now, and you know the the following he has, think about how easily it would be to tap into that younger generation of kids to have this be their like OG Space Jam who follow Bronny and him saying, "I'm going to be in." You know, Space Jam 2, you don't think all these little kids are going to go watch it? 
100%. And then Bronny eventually is. is the star of Space Jam 3. That's a hell of a storyline right there. That's a movie in itself. But, but it is it is interesting. The person playing Bronny is like a – he's a stud high school football player, like one of the best football players in the country who's going to college. Um, which I thought was interesting. You, you had a theory on why Bronny can't play himself, right? That, 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 that's funny that you say that he's a football player because that completely removes him from basketball. And the story I have that goes along with this, at first I was like, why isn't Bronny playing it? I don't get it, whatever. Should be, you know, no issue. But then I remembered – when I was like 11, right, doing all that Ellen stuff and had braces and a buzz cut and just looked like a goofball dribbling around like a little circus clown, right? When I was that, I had an offer to do a movie um, for Pistol Pete and a movie um, like Hot Rod Hunley. They were they were creating this movie. Sonny Vaccaro was involved and stuff like that. And my dad was obviously in, in the moment like, yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, and it was something that I was interested in. And then all of a sudden it got shut down completely. And my dad was like, no, nah, we can't even, you know, even discuss it. It's not an option. Absolutely not. They said, you can do the movie and they being the NCAA, you can do the movie, but then you're not eligible to play college basketball because it's basketball related. It's that name image likeness thing that might fingers crossed, you know, be fixed here this year. But yeah, I couldn't do a movie when I was 11 just off the potential that I might play in that, which looking now, thank God I didn't. Otherwise I would have been, you know, completely out of options, which is a crazy rule, I think, and very stupid. But you yeah. know, Ronnie should definitely be able to play Bron's son in the movie, I think. I don't know. Yeah, the Bronny thing for me, like, look, guys, he has a lot of money. Like, it's, he's not, like, taking benefits um, that are, like, changing his life. He has a reason to do that. Like he doesn't need a slush fund, the, you know, Mercedes or Maserati, like pops can get four in different colors. If you really want them, you know what I'm saying? And like, are we really bugging yeah. over this? Let, let the kid play his son. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, who knows if he wanted to, I, I would love to, to know that one day his wife in the movie is also not, is not also Savannah. So it was probably a family thing. I'm sure there's smart reasons behind it, but I looked below that and had more of the cast on there. And I realized the starting five for the Monstars on there. It's a, it's a pretty good squad. Let me, let me read it off for you. So they've got, we'll start from best to worst or best to not as good. Um, so Anthony Davis is in it. Everyone. Well, you just put that on yourself. So go ahead. Best to worst. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Th there's no arguing with this. Anthony Davis is first. Um, and then the next three are pretty even. We got Dame Lillard, which is your guy. CP3, legend. Clay Thompson, amazing. I was surprised Clay was in it, to be honest, like with all the times they battled. I didn't realize that they were close like that. Um, and then to finish it off, we got Kyle Kuzma in the fifth spot on the Monstars for this uh, this uh, second one. Spoken like a true Lakers fan, putting Kuzma <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the end of the bench there. Unbelievable. So it's a good crew, obviously. Are you are you are you excited to see any of these guys act for the first time? As far as I'm concerned, I mean, CB3's got a lot of commercials. Anthony Davis, I'm I'm super super intrigued at at him in a movie because he just strikes me as like the most I don't know outgoing, you know, bordering the line of a little suspect at times. I know everybody's seen the video of him at Kentucky in the locker room, 
I don't know what was going on right there, what has happened, but I mean, the dude is hilarious. He's got personality. He's funny. You know, he's outgoing. So I'm interested to see, you know, him in there, but I don't know the, I've, I've heard people compare the space jam one to space jam two, like Monstars lineup. Do you know who was all in that original one? Yeah, Monstars lineup one. It's Charles Barkley, who was like the stud. Then Muggsy Bogues, super small legend. Um, how tall is he? Five three, I think. Then you had Sean Bradley. <laughs> Sean Bradley's like seven seven, I think. Um, Patrick Ewing, obviously a legend, and then Larry Johnson, who had like a great few years where he was an absolute stud, also. So yeah, the question is which which Monstars team would win? I think you have legends on the first one with Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. Yeah, Patrick Ewing, Spencer just – our producer Spencer just said Patrick Ewing was an awful actor. That is true. Shout out to Patrick Ewing. Um, <laughs> but um, – so you kind of have, like, Barkley and Ewing, and then you have against AD, Clay, CP3, Willard. I don't know. I, I want to say the first group wins. Sean Bradley is the best. You think first group wins? Probably uh, – they the hell a is really guarding, good fight against MJ. Who's guarding AD? Patrick Ewing or Charles Barkley or Sean Bradley. I mean, I mean, in prime, I maybe, but back then, I mean, anybody over six foot, you know, ten wasn't even allowed to leave the paint. I think it was part of the rule book. I mean, well, the problem is, is they it. don't have their they don't have their powers in the movie, so actually, it'd probably be a pretty bad game. They don't have their powers. Yeah, I yeah, guess. their powers get you taken know, away, Jordan. It's it's funny. It's funny that you said uh who'd you say was a bad actor sean bradley or patrick ewing patrick ewing was not great they were both awful, <laughs> <laughs> awful. okay out of, out of the out of the new lineup though my my vote for who i think is going to be awful is kyle kuzma and it's a surprise because kyle kuzma is very like i mean younger generation he's super outgoing he's got all these like puma deals and he's in the media all the time but I feel like he's like the young one in there too. And he's going to try to just go super over the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think he might over. He's the first one he could kill it. Shoot. Or he could kill it. Yeah. Super geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Got his Cuban light on. He's screaming at cameras. Yeah. No, he's Bron's going to be like, all right, Kyle, you got to tone it down. You, you do yeah. realize that this is, this is my movie. Let's, let's just take it easy. Hold I mean, up. when you run it through, I mean, it's, it's, what are, you, are you pulling up something? Wait. Spencer, are you going to ruin the first Space Jam for me? Can you hear it? Can you see me? Yeah. I, can't see you. I, I can't see me. It doesn't matter. Dude, the person who's going to be the worst actor is Clay Thompson. No, he. I was just going to say Have he's you amazing. seen that man do an interview? He's yeah. the dumbest, like, <laughs> athlete I've ever met, like, seen in my life. Like, at least Dame, Dame is a professional musician. And he's cool. Uh, CP3 does tons of commercials. He's been in the spotlight. Kuzma has the swag. AD's just going to kind of be there, I think. Um, but Clay, no way. Clay Thompson, is he's not hes not the goofiest or the dumbest. He is the most, like, laid-back, chill. He, he is just with the Coors Light. You remember the interview with the Coors Light? He's sitting there looking at people just – taking a couple swigs looking at like he's got swag he's tough i love i love clay thompson he is not going to be like over the top he's going to play the just cool calm and collected and he's going to kill it i think he's going to be good in it 
No, I think he's going to be an absolute legend as well. So two versus one, Spencer, you lose. Spencer, who do you have winning the game, old versus new? Oh, the the new guys will run them out. Who's going to guard Damon Clay just shooting threes the the whole time? You clearly never saw Bugsy Bogues lock up. They didn't even have a three score on Bugsy Bogues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see. And uh, we'll be we'll be back here when that does happen, and we will make sure to do a movie rundown uh, because that's what we're qualified to do. We are just a Swiss Army knife over here, okay? And one of those things in that little thing is a movie critic, and that's yeah. what we're going to be. What I think is going to be an abysmal movie in Space Jam Two because the plot sucks. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It, it won't be as good as one, but it'll be close. You know who they should have had in there is, is Duncan Robinson. Or LaMelo Ball. Shut up. <laughs> if you're not going to get Bronny, at least you have LaMelo. Dude, he's not played a game in the league. You know who has played games in the league? Duncan Robinson. And you know who's the most bullied person in the NBA? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. And he doesn't deserve it. He's had to fight. He's had to, he went from D3 to the NBA. And now he has to do, deal with, with what? Elementary bullying from, from JaVel McGee and J.R. Smith, who didn't know he was on the Lakers, but he was he was just there. He thought he was just helping LeBron out, just killing at the end of the bench, making fun of Duncan Robinson. They called the man Jimmy Neutron, which is it's, accurate. The whole Miami Heat squad has some cartoon characters in him. Um, didn't your boy Tyre Hero, doesn't he get called a, a character as well? Yeah, not cartoon, though. Uh who did they they compared him to 11 off of stranger <laughs> thing and there's a video of ty there is a, or a picture of ty back literally this was the like year or two that me and him played side by side and they pull up this picture and i i just remember every time he would go off it would be either like the celtics just got their ass whooped by 11 from stranger things um you know kuzma got his girl snatched by 11 from stranger <laughs> things the memes were just outrageous and a side-by-side, it's pretty accurate at the time. Tyler doesn't look like 11 anymore, but that, I, I can imagine he thought it was funny as well because I thought it was hilarious. Jimmy, you can be called worse things than Jimmy Neutron. I mean, that's like it's, – it's one of those things that's like – I think if someone said that to me when he was – like if they were saying it to him when he was playing, right, like the guys on the bench, like he yeah. had to laugh every time, right, at least the first time. Like not even be mad, just be like, that is hilariously amazing. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think Duncan would smile. I think he's a good enough dude to just smile and laugh that one off because that's he, hilarious. Here's a tough thing for Duncan Robinson real quick. And this, I heard people talking about it this week. This happens. Like he was amazing and everyone was appreciating him. And now people are saying that he's a better player than Clay or a better shooter than Clay Thompson. And now people are starting to hate him and he didn't do anything wrong. But now he's got the Jimmy Neutron thing. People are comparing him to Clay. I love Duncan Robinson. Clay Thompson is on a whole nother level probably for me at least um yeah poor duncan hey i mean not poor duncan i think he's going to be just fine and and everything's going to work out but hey that's that's part of leveling up in the league man people start comparing you to to superstars to future hall of famers which clay thompson is and you know you either sink or swim so excited to see what he does with that but yeah i know people kind of take it and run with it and then create animosity towards a guy who come on Duncan Robinson he's getting compared to Jimmy Neutron you think he's really doing anything to make anybody not like him 
he seems like a pretty likable dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it, it that is what it is. Yeah, I like him. I also love Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> All right. Well, see, this is that part in the episode where Tom just forgets that he's doing a podcast. I'm trying to let him, you know, freestyle, do a little this or that. You know, where's the gabagoo? Just a shout out to TikTok. You know what I'm saying? But and then he doesn't do anything. He sits there and he goes into like back into hostage mode and just stares blankly at this camera with a weird blank wall behind him. Well, I didn't know if you want to talk about LaMelo or not. You want to talk about LaMelo before we bring Sky on? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's with LaMelo because I know you know. So the Timberwolves president today, he came out and he said that, like, there's no clear consensus number one pick in the upcoming draft. Um, you know, there's guys like LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, but there's no one that's jumped to the top. And you know where I land. You know where no, I stay. No, no, Before you do that, let's be honest. You think there's a clear-cut number one in this draft? I don't think so. How many times do I have to freaking say this before you know that I think there's a clear consensus number one pick? I was just hoping you would be rational for one one second. You actually think that LaMelo is the clear-cut far and away, a guy who didn't even play in the NCAA. I know what he did over overseas, and I know how big that is, but you're going to say he's clear-cut over Wiseman, over Edwards, over – uh, RJ over all these guys, he's clear cut far and away the number one pick. That's what you're telling me. Even in Minnesota, you got to think about where he's ending up. Um, a hundred percent, he is a clear cut number one pick, and this is why. This is why. Even if there isn't, even if you don't believe that any of, if you don't believe any of them are clear cut, that's even more of a reason why Lamelo is the clear cut because he has the most upside. He could potentially change your your whole entire franchise. Where like, if you're like, hey, Anthony Edwards is a hundred percent going to be like a ten time All Star. Then I'd be like, okay, like I can't really argue that Lamelo will definitely be better than that. But since right. no one's saying that, it's like at least Lamelo has the upside to potentially get there and and do more. The Wiseman thing's tough. I think Wiseman and a lot of these guys, Vernon Carey, Onyeka, Jaden McDaniels, a lot of these guys are getting a little bit screwed in that like the era they're growing up in. Like Wiseman has to prove he can shoot before he's like definitely going to be a great player in the NBA. Um, not, a, not in the Warriors system, he doesn't. They got enough shooters. Wiseman goes cool. to the Warriors. Wiseman goes to the Warriors. The Warriors win a championship in either next year or the year after that. You can book it. Put the house on it. The Warriors, apparently they might trade that pick and Wiggins for Bradley Beal, which I don't get. I don't get. I don't know. How many shooters do you need? I don't, I don't know. I, I think Wiseman's a perfect fit for them. But so for me, you obviously know who I am. So you're saying you don't know who the clear consensus number one pick is? No, and it's it's no disrespect to this draft class. The draft class is just very good. You know, it's it's very. Well, I think, you know, for the first time in a long time, I don't think we've had a clear cut number one guy, and that's 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 okay. You know, Anthony Edwards could one hundred percent go to Minnesota. I think he's a good fit. Lamelo, it may be. I think he I, he definitely can fit wherever you plug him because he's got he's so versatile. But then you look at Wiseman. I think those three. If I'm you know in a war room, I'm looking at those three. They kind of fit different positions. Which one do we need the most? That's what it comes down to. I don't think there's a clear-cut number one. And I think you are just so enamored and in love, infatuated, and all the other words. Spencer told me I can Spencer told me I can bring this up, but ball in the family, the, the ball family's uh 
reality show came out on Sunday, a new season, and Lamelo has been working hard in Detroit, which I was happy to hear. It was kind of rumored, is he in Detroit, is he in L.A., and Chino? Um, he's been in Detroit working, so I, I think that bodes well for him. But that's enough Lamelo talk for me today. All right, then let's do this. So today, like I said, folks, it's a very important episode because it's a lot less about me and Tom talking about whatever the hell we just talked about for 30 minutes and more about the man we are bringing on right now, a 17-year-old kid who's about to make a huge decision in where he's going to college. Let's bring on Sky Clark, my guy. So what have you been up to, Sky? Let's run, run down you know, the past couple weeks or a couple months because obviously it's been a crazy time for everybody with COVID and, and all this, this madness. But you've made uh, you know, a couple big moves, like physical moves and stuff in your life. Tell me, uh, walk me through you know, what the last few months have looked like. Uh, well, just recently moved to um to Tennessee, California, and uh, you know it's been it's been a really really smooth move out here. Uh, from the from the NBA open runs to to now we we're uh, starting school on campus, and hopefully the season still is a go for um, middle of November. But um yeah, now it's been super smooth. Just been trying to get better every single day. You mentioned the NBA runs. Who are some of the guys you got to work out with uh, down there? I know that there was a couple of great guys on, um, on the court with you. Darius Garland, Rob Covington, Ian Clark, Mookie Betts even got in there. Um, hold on, hold on. What? The yeah. baseball player? Yeah, he was he was in the open runs too. Me and him was going. He can actually play. His defense is stupid. But yeah, his defense is like that. And there's a whole bunch of pros, though. Overseas, NBA, college. It was, it was competitive the whole entire time. Jordan Bone was another one of them, too. Oh, Jordan Bone from C? Yeah. I think my freshman year, we pretty sure we got waxed by 40 at their play. <laughs> Wait, the Mookie Betsy is insane. That guy was like, what, he's just during quarantine before they went. He's in the World Series right now, right? I know, yeah. He's worth a billion dollars. Yeah, guy's like a crazy right now. <laughs> So, but he, um, he can actually hoop. Mookie Betts can actually hoop. Is that what yeah, I'm hearing? Yeah, nah, like he got a jump shot and everything. Like he can really? actually. Yeah. Like if, if you walked into a gym, didn't know who Mookie Betts was, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, that dude's just trash." Like, why is he game? Like he can nah, actually. Nah, you would actually be like, because his defense, he got like Pat Bev defense. He got quick. I love that. The guy's worth literally has like a five hundred million dollar contract that he's locking up and pick up. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, talk talk to me about DG because obviously that's a. I mean. He's probably the biggest name of all those guys in the NBA. I feel like you guys have like similar game. Um, where'd that relationship start? And like, what's he told you and said to you about the league and just basketball in general? It started when I played for Strive for Greatness. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we built oh, yeah, a he's with LeBron, right? Yeah. We built a relationship over there. But once I moved out here, it just strengthened. And that's like my big brother now. Uh, he's been gone, obviously, with the Cavs. But uh, when he was here, we was working out every single day and trying to push each other. That's crazy. It seems like you've almost had better – I mean, there's a lot of talent out in California, but would you say you've had more, like, connections in terms of, uh, you know, high-level pros and stuff like that in Tennessee so far than you had out in California? Yeah, I would say so. I knew I knew some uh, – like, Gilbert Arenas. That's, yep. like, my, that's like my, uh, my uncle. Uh, I actually knew him before I even started playing basketball. But uh, – I knew I knew some some really good hoopers out there, and then uh, Rico Hines, uh, he has his open runs out there at UCLA, and uh, I went there a few times, and it's yeah, nah, trust me. How, how good are those Rico Hines runs? We say, how good are those Rico Hines runs? 
Oh, those are probably the probably the best runs because you got to think they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Russell, Harden, Lamelo. You were I, in that one, or you just saw that? No, nah, I was in a different one. Um, I played. I went. I went twice, I think, and then uh, one of them. I think both of them. It was only like three on three full court. It wasn't. It wasn't many people. So we were talking about Rico Hines runs, and you said those are some of the most competitive. You talk KD, Kyrie, like everybody's in those. How do they exactly work? I'm assuming it's got to be invite only. Like they're not going to let, you know, Tom come in and play, right? I got to come at me. You're the only <laughs> other one that you move, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> it's invite only for, uh, yeah. But um, I think they play to, it's a seven game, ones and twos. And then whoever hits the game winning shot, you got to make a free throw to seal the deal. If you miss a free throw, you go back down one point and then keep playing until someone gets seven. And it's That's it's awesome. a little bit more controlled, right? Than just like roll the ball out. Like he's he's got like shot clock. I hear guys counting down at all times and stuff like that. Yeah. They want, you know, tempo and stuff. They don't have you guys doing any kind of like ball screen continuity or anything. Just like you can do whatever, right? Offensively. Yeah, as long as it's like as long as it did, uh, doesn't get out of control. But yeah, it's a 15 second shot clock once you get past half court, I think. And that's the same thing we did out here in Nashville for our open runs. Same as that. We went to sometimes we went to 11, depending on how many people were there. But and then you had to make a free throw, and then it was 15 second shot clock once you pass half court. Nice, nice. You like uh, you like country music, Scott? You're in the land of country music now. Yeah, now I've been on country music since I was a, a jit. No. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Give me your favorite country artist. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. We don't play around here. You got a nah, favorite like, country artist? I like Luke Holmes. I like Old Dominion. Old Dominion, I love a lot. They got a lot of good. They got a lot of great songs. Luke Holmes, uh, speaking my language right now. Okay. So, um, dang, Eric Church. I love Eric Church. Yes. Hey, you just passed that one with flying <laughs> colors. You passed that no. one with flying colors. There's an underrated. Is that country music? What? what? <laughs> Tom, Jordan, what? do you listen to country? <laughs> I think my my internet just went out. But Jordan, do you listen to country? Because you were like this. You were just staring. <laughs> you saw that too, right, Scott? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, Tom. I do listen to country music. It's, it's funny. Sky, that you throw Eric Church out there. He was like the first person I ever listened to. It was a song called Homeboy. And it was probably, uh, man, eight years ago when I first heard it. And he got me hooked on country music. And now Luke Holmes is 100% like my yeah, favorite. That's funny. That's that's dope. I got I got introduced dope. to Eric Church on Wrecking Ball. And so if you know, you know. Okay. I, yeah, I know. That's big time, bro. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to come down to Nashville. And we'll go. What's the what's the place to be in Nashville, Tom? Do you know? Like, there's like a street, right, or something? No, I have absolutely no idea. Downtown Nash is cool. That's where all like the open bars and stuff. Yeah, like, right? yeah, that's the place you want to be. Because if you just out here, like, there's really not much to do besides you, go to Sonic. Do you, you want to start um, a country music like uh, band? Me and you. I'm and, like. Yeah, I'm and like Tom can just stand in the back and like play a banjo. Or I like can sing. Like, no, you can't. Me and Sky are gonna sing. Okay. Yes. I got what? some. I got some boots in the in the closet. You said what? I got some. Uh, I probably got some cowboy boots in the closet. 
Like legit cowboy boots? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's okay. Okay, okay. So you were you were ready for Nashville. You were you were ready yeah. to get out of California. You were ready for Nashville. Yes, that's sir. Dope. That's dope. Let's uh let's get into the real big reason that uh you're on the show right now is you got a big decision coming up tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. How long how long have you kind of felt that you've known, or do you even know where you're going? Because some people kind of play it like they just commit on the spot. They're like, I'll figure it out when I get there. Other people are like, man, I've known since I started my recruiting process. Talk about talk about that whole thing and, and where you're at mentally right now. No, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very confident in, uh, in the place I've chose. And um, so, yeah, can I say it? All right, wait, wait, wait. Let's set, let's set this up. I've had a lot of fun with that. the country music and everything. Go ahead, Bob. I've had fun with the country music, and I do want to get more into. Am I cutting out? No, you good. No, I bet. I've had fun with the country music, and I do want to hear more about all the different people you learn from, from the DGs, the LeBrons, and everything in the world. But you are obviously here. Big decision that you're going to announce. Um, you're a junior right now. Mm -hmm. You just changed schools. You just moved from LA to Tennessee. A lot of big things happening for you. You are literally like overtime's dude. Like. Anyone that knows how hard we were rooting for Tyler Hero in the NBA Finals, like we were just as hard for Sky Clark and anything he does. So it's all to you. What uh, what are you gonna be doing uh in two years from now when you go when you go go uh, go to college? I will be. Oh, there it is! Wow. Yes, sir. Is that Big Blue Nation? Yes, sir. Hey, can we uh can we get some speakers in here and play the the Drake song? <laughs> oh, I rock Kentucky Blue. Hey, hold on. I'm excited for you. You didn't pick West Virginia. They weren't even in your top five. They already I got a point guard. And they, they, already got, they already got a great point guard. <laughs> they already got a great point guard. Hey, but you got two years left. I got two years. I'll be out of here. Hey, but I am very excited for you. It's not my school, not my colors, but I know how much that, that means to you. I know you're excited. What do you uh what are you feeling right now? How excited are you? You wishing these next two years go by quick? Are you ready to get on into Lexington? Yeah, I'm definitely ready. Um, the city, they've shown nothing but love from the fans to the coaches to the players. Even even uh, players aren't even there anymore. But, uh, yeah, and I'm super excited and relieved because uh, us Hoopers know that recruiting process. It's fun in the beginning, but yeah. near the end it starts to get a little too much. Yeah, talk about that. Like, you've kind of gone back. I feel like you've had your list and you cut it down. You added some schools. Well, your final list was what? UCLA, Kentucky, obviously, North Carolina. There's a fourth school, right? Memphis. Got it. So, yeah, talk about, like, what these last few months have been like as you like, came to the decision. How, how long ago did you do you lock in on Kentucky thinking that that was, that was a spot? Uh, well, it's always been uh, back and forth um, between – Gonzaga, UNC, Kentucky, Memphis, and UCLA. Those are like the, the main five. I never got a official scholarship from Gonzaga, but they actually recruited me the hardest. But um, but yeah, no, I just I feel like the last three weeks I've just been praying about it. And uh I really felt like Kentucky was the best spot for me, uh, as a player and as a person. And then like after watching the bubble as well, just seeing all the Kentucky players just I mean, I don't think there was one Kentucky player that didn't go to work. And so they just they they breed they breed NBA players. Yeah, we talk about that a ton on the podcast here. Like AD, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, like the list goes just on and on and on. 
of course, like our guys, Tyler Hero, um, Jordan grew up with him and overtime's been following him forever. Him specifically, like, was seeing him and knowing that he went through the Kentucky process. He was like, he's probably the youngest guy who's really killing it in the league from Kentucky. Um, What was seeing him do so well in the playoffs and have that impact your decision at all? No, that was huge because, uh, I mean, Jordan could probably attest to this. Like, I always loved Tyler. I've been watching Tyler since since high school. And uh, but I don't think anybody really expected him to do what he did in the playoffs, especially being so young and his first playoff experience. But just seeing that, it like really like just um further grew my, my love for for what they do, for what Kentucky does. Do you have a favorite Kentucky alum? Sorry, one more. Do you have a favorite Kentucky alum? Uh, I love Tyler. Tyler U.S. was tough. Yeah. I like Tyler. I love Jamal Murray. Um, Ashton Hagen and, um, Emmanuel. And then, uh, I said Tyler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those, those were the, those are like the main ones. You got a, you got a long list to choose from with that school right there, but talk to me, you know, biggest thing for me when I was coming into my recruiting process. First of all, congratulations, Sky. Really Thank happy you. that you chose, you know, to even come on here and do this for us. So uh, really, really happy for you. But like you said, kind of a weight just lifted off your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. When I look back in terms of what I'm thinking about when I choose West Virginia, it comes down to like two things for me. It comes down to culture and coaches. Yep. So culture at, at West Virginia is, you know, we play extremely hard. We're going to try to outwork everybody in the country. And Coach Hugs is everything, just like I said, he embodies the culture. What would you say, you know, Cal Pari, how did he strike you? Did he say anything specifically? Did you see anything on visits? Did you hear anything from, you know, past guys that really cemented it for you? Like, yeah, I need to wear, you know, Kentucky blue. Yeah, um, it, it was a lot of things. Like you said, coaching and culture, those are like the two main things. And then also another big thing for me is like, how the how the fan base like welcomes me and uh i when i dropped my top four i gave like each school like their own post on twitter and kentucky got the most love and that was a huge thing for me as well and um nah but just everybody knows coach cow like his record and what he does with his players and how he uses his guards and um also just talking to past uk players and even current uk players because uh they've been asking who's there right now uh i've watched him since uh I've known him since he was in eighth grade. I was in sixth grade. Yeah, he's a Cali boy too, right? Yeah, we we've we've came up together, but um, just talking to them and then talking to me and Coach Justice, the assistant coach, we built an amazing relationship over over the last uh, year or two. Joel Justice, yeah, big time coach, and uh, I've heard you know nothing but good things from Tyler, um, as well as uh, it's funny he was a high school coach for. Um, our video coordinator, who is now a head coach, I know that's a lot to follow, but he was at West Virginia. This this kid was at West Virginia before me, um, and we've become really good friends. And he talks about, you know, Joel being a huge influence in his basketball life and his development. So really excited. I know you picked a, a great spot. Um, but uh, do you have any, like, personal experience? So when you think back to visits and stuff like that, did you get a chance to kind of sit down with Cal, what's his kind of message to you as an incoming guard um, who he's had a lot of success with at that position, at pretty much every position? But what is he kind of talking to you about in terms of what your outlook should be in the next two years here? 
Um, I uh, I want to take more visits, but uh, since COVID, I I've only taken two unofficials, and one was to my first one was to UCLA, um, and the second one was to Kentucky. And I sat down in person with uh, Coach Cal, and we just uh, talked, and he was telling me about his past players and stuff. And then he was just telling me, he just, what I love about him is he keeps it real. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. And he says, you're not guaranteed a, a starting spot or nothing. He said, but if you work hard and you play defense and you give it everything you got, then you're going to do just fine here. And that's, that's, that's me. Uh, whatever I do, I try to give it 110% and I'm always working hard on and off the court. So I just feel like me and coach Cal, we just have similar personalities in that aspect. Does Coach Cal already know that you're committing, or did he is he finding out right now like everyone else? Oh no, he already knows. He already knows. <laughs> what was that conversation well, like? Finally I'm, gonna, him I'm, gonna trick, I'm gonna trick them tonight. I'm gonna call Coach Justice or Coach Cal. I'm be like, yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reopen my decision. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what, what was it like? Who had the Joe? Yeah, no, I definitely gotta get Joe. What did you say, Tom? What was it like, like? the conversation when you finally told him, is that just like a phone call? How, how does that work? No, uh, it was on a, um, it was our last zoom call we had with them. And, uh, I just, I just broke the news. I just felt, I felt super comfortable. My family felt super comfortable. And, uh, I just felt like this place God was leading me. Jordan, how'd you do yours with, the, with West Virginia? I, I feel like I've never heard that from you. Oh yeah. We haven't talked about that. Um, I, uh, well, I verbally committed, um, I verbally committed uh, over the phone. I was like leaving, like I just went to a work, I was just working out like every other day, finished like a shooting workout and didn't tell my mom, didn't tell my dad, didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I, was, I was just finishing my sophomore year. We just got off a state championship my sophomore year. And um, Coach Martin, who recruit, recruited me here to WVU, um, hadn't kind of heard from me in a little while, uh, but he was kind of starting to, push the whole, hey, if you ever feel comfortable pulling the trigger, we're ready for you. I got done with the workout and just like kind of felt it in my gut. This is, I have like a terrible impulse, like in like with things like this. And I just called him. I said, hey coach, how does Wednesday sound for a commitment? He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna commit this Wednesday. I'm gonna announce it publicly, but I want you and Hugs to know that, that I'm on my way. Uh, and he was like, uh, okay, let me get up from the dinner table. I had no idea we were even gonna talk tonight, but that's how it went. And I told my parents and my mom's like, okay, I guess he's going to West Virginia. So that's, it's kind of like an impulse, but you kind of, Sky knows this. Once you, once you really get around the, the fan base of like for me, West Virginia, for him, Kentucky, and you get around the culture of the program itself, it all comes together and you just get this kind of click moment. And I'm, I'm assuming that's what you had too, Sky. Yeah, that's exactly did you have to do like Zoom visits? This is my question now for you guys that are like coming in as as like recruits to different places. Mm -hmm. We, my class and the class even after me got to do the normal show up, you know, get a flight out there. They get to pay for yeah. your fish stuff, anything like that. Do you have to do, have you done a Zoom visit yet? No, I have. I've done a, they like send like a, um, it's weird. They send like a Google Maps thing, and then like you just click on the link, and then you click on certain destinations. It'll, it'll take you like a, a look at the the weight room or the, the gym. Or whatever. It was it was weird. It was weird. 
with coach with coach Cal, obviously Roy Williams never saw you play. When did Coach Cal first see you and start talking to you about uh about coming to Kentucky? Oh, um, like AAU event. Yeah, Coach Cal. I think it was at Peach Jam. Or no, the first time was uh at Atlanta, that first EYBL session, and then uh I believe he watched me at Peach Jam as well. And then after that, I don't think uh he got to come see me, but Coach Joel saw me a whole lot and uh. And um, had a lot of film on me, and Coach Cal watched that. Yeah. Coach Joel came and saw me, I believe, like two or three times at, for workouts. Did a lot of your recruitment come from that AAU season with Stratford for Greatness? Obviously, you guys were kind of like the biggest thing on the AAU map. You, Bronny, Dior, mm -hmm. uh, Devontes. Like, is that where a lot of your recruitment came from? Uh, surprisingly, I believe that's what really – started it but I didn't really start getting offers till my uh till sophomore year I got I got a few my freshman year um but yeah now nah, sophomore year is, is when it really started taking off that's big time hey I don't want to take it off Kentucky either but um so everything we me and you made a connection for the first time I had been watching you, you know, from afar, seeing videos. It's hard not to. Um, and just being like, man, this kid, this dude can play, right? Uh, and and we finally got to reach out during, you know, all the uh, the social injustice and the unrest that kind of ensued a couple months ago. But talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you've done um, and where where the ideas came from. Was it mom, dad? Was it just all right off the top of your head that you, you know, wanted to do this and just took action? Um, were there people that helped you out? Because the things that you've done in your community as a, what are you, 16, 17, 18? 17. You're 17 years old and you're doing stuff that, you know, people at 40 don't even think of because they're so kind of just wrapped up in themselves. My favorite thing about you, Sky, before I let you just talk about all the great things you do is the fact that, yeah, you can hoop, but you're completely like just comfortable with who you are on the court, off the court, and like just the little things. Some guys are so egotistical and you know wrapped up in themselves that they won't even really give the respect to another guy who they know who can hoop. You know what I mean? You've met those players along the way yeah. who have this weird, I don't know, it's got to be just like narcissism, ego, whatever and think that you can't acknowledge other, you know, talent or hoopers or whatever. And you don't do that. You did it with me. You said, like, I watched videos of you growing up. Most guys wouldn't even say that because they're too, like, afraid or whatever. But you're so comfortable in your own ability and everything else. That's why I connected with you immediately. So I appreciate you for everything you're doing on the court, off the court. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what you've been up to. I know. Um... Uh, thank you, bro. Hey, funny thing is, actually, uh, my jump shot I actually tried mimicking yours. That's oh, why. yeah. Because I, I used to shoot like Lonzo. I used to shoot on this side. And I started, when I started watching your film, I, I, I brought it to this side. But that's well, just, I've been mimicking Steph, so we're all right under the, we're, I'm trying to mimic Steph's shot. I, it's like molding something. You know how it works. You know how it works. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, nah, I've, um, um, I've been to a few protests. And then uh, I organized a cleanup after the first protest I went to. And then uh, I couldn't have done it without the help of, 
Where, sorry, where was the first one? Was it were you in California at the time or Nashville? I was in Nashville. Okay. Mm -hmm. so you you and, uh, went to one and then organized a cleanup. Yeah, I couldn't have done it without the help of uh my AAG crew, uh, uh Coach Jamal, Coach Spencer, Rob, Davis, uh, Mookie was there, and uh yeah, no, I could have done it without the help of them, and then a whole bunch of people actually came to the cleanup. It was it was actually it was probably like. 30, 40 people, and I was expecting, like, just the people I knew. But that, that was a beautiful thing. And then we took photos with the cops, and uh, and they, they brought us donuts and stuff. It was, it was a really dope moment. And then um, I organized a, a Heal Our Nation prayer event and at Otter Creek Church, and I couldn't have done that without the help of the uh, AAG crew as well. Also, uh, Pastor Josh, shout-out to my guy, Pastor Josh. And um, that was a beautiful event, too. I think around 700 people showed up to that one. And that was just an amazing night. Um, but just for me, like you said, like there's just a lot of Hoopers out there that just have the, these huge egos and stuff. And, you know, that just uh, always like wrapped up in themselves. And I always say like, I know the grind and I know what it means, like hard work. And, yeah. and I know you do too. And like just showing respect to, uh, to people that, that are working hard. I mean, it's just, you never know what people are going through. And just sometimes like a text message or something could just lift up their spirits or something. So I'm always texting my friends, always texting other Hoopers saying like, like go out there, be great and stuff like that. And then the giving back to the community is a huge thing for me. Um, I give all the credit to God and my parents for, for the, the kid I've, I've grown to be so far. Um, just one of my biggest goals when I make it to the league is to build like a, a super nice facility um, in like low income areas and like Compton and, Inglewood and even some in New York, but um, I got to get back to to my hometown first. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, now nah, just giving back to communities is huge for me. That's no, uh, one thing I want to do. I mean, the the impact that you're gonna have, Sky, is is unbelievable, and I can promise you that no matter what happens, and and something that I've learned even over my short two year span of of college basketball is on the court stuff is is great. But your impact off the court, and you know this already because I can see you, you know, putting it to work. Your impact off the court is what is going to, you know, leave your legacy generations mm -hmm. to come. And you're talking about exactly. leaving, you know, physical evidence of the impact that you've had. So really, really cool that we got, you know, you to jump on the pod. And uh, hopefully you can be, if Cal allows it, even though we're going to be in competition here in a, in a few years, uh, if he allows it, love you to be a returning guest because uh, we want to kind of hear uh, about your story the next two years and then getting on campus in Lexington and all that. Because uh, if people, you know, that listen to our show weren't following you, they will be following you now, man. I can you, there's not there's nobody who doesn't like Sky Clark. I promise. And if they're That's if true, I don't want to be friends with them. So get the <laughs> out of here if you don't like Sky Clark. I appreciate you coming on, man. I really I really uh, do. Tom, more? Nah, I mean, you hit it on the head, man. Scott, you might have the highest approval rating of any player we've ever worked with. Jordan is on the opposite side. He had a lot of haters when he was in high school. I think he's turned them now that he's got his podcasts on here and people are seeing that, you know, he's smart and a normal person. But, Sky, I mean, I, you've, you've impacted over time as a whole, honestly. You know, we, we've started to do some of our own stuff trying to get involved in the community and, and honestly it's seeing players like you and Jordan who have done stuff in their own right uh it's made us want to be better as a company so 
I just want to say thank you and I, congratulations, man. You're going to Kentucky. That is like, I, I, I keep thinking back on all the players that have been there and like all the NBA dudes and like, not just NBA dudes, like good people. And uh, you got a really good future ahead of you. I know you still got some time left before you even head there. So enjoy these next couple of years um, before you hit the big time. I would, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much, y'all. All right, Sky. Stay in touch, bro. Appreciate you coming on. Everybody, that was Sky Clark. Make sure you go follow him on all socials, as well as Subject to Change, myself, and Overtime Tom. We'll be back next week with another episode. Stay tuned and find out who the guest is. It's going to be hard to top with this one. Sky, appreciate you, bro. We'll talk soon, okay? I right, see y'all.